welcome, Aaron. Wow, bit of bit of dead bit of dead air there to begin with. <laughs> Don't worry, we can just fix it in post. <laughs> a lot of fixing in post. Listen, uh, it's once again, it's a big show. I never know when they when they aren't big shows. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk a, about. We've got a huge show for you today. Yeah, huge featuring show. featuring no guests. Featuring no guests, two blokes talking, laughing at each other's jokes. Uh, yep. We need to get through Australia, Denmark, and that ridiculous result, and yeah. then everything else has been happening as we move into the really the uh, the home stretch of the uh, yep. group games. So, without That's... without further ado. Uh, Australia, Denmark. Your thoughts about that, Timsy? Uh, well, I thought the, you know, sort of interesting, one of the interesting bits of uh, post-game reaction came from the Danish coach, as you would expect, I guess. Um, you know, Harada, Erga Harada, how, how do we pronounce his name? Uh, age. Age, Harada. Age, Heidegger. Age, age, get an age, how's it going? Um he said, uh, you know, we made mistakes against Australia that better teams would punish us for, um, which I think is a very accurate accurate summation of the situation. I mean, we were clearly the better team, um, offered a lot more going forward than in the first game, which is sort of what we had been asking for, and I think that's probably validation of the fact that uh, Bert van Marwijk does listen to this podcast. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And um, and really should put really should put the game away. I mean, I don't think we had any, you know, um, head in hands moments throughout the game that would that would sort of look back and think, oh, we really should have absolutely nailed that chance and and you know should have come away with the victory. But I, I'm just saying, on balance, we showed enough and were more enterprising going forward um, to to sort of think that we should have probably been a bit more clinical in front of goal and, and, um, and, and, you know, won. but, but, I, but I don't think we had those moments where there was an open goal and, you know, Naboot sort of fluffed his chance. Or whatever. There, there just weren't any real moments like that. I don't think. No, but I think you're right that there were, it was a, uh, in terms of the uh, totality of half chances and, uh, almost chances and opportunities. Just that, yeah. Yeah, where the final just, ball was a bit lacking. Yeah, just add add up the halves and the quarters and the eights, and you probably get maybe one one and a quarter goals that we should have scored. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, what was good to see was Rogic having it, trying to have a crack from outside the box, but once again, yeah. there just seemed to be a bit of a bit of the tiki taka generally from Australia. Uh, we'll we'll come to Robbie Cruz and his contribution or lack thereof uh, shortly. Um, yeah. But this certainly was the best performance that I've seen from uh, Rogic for quite some time. In fact, I think that's the best game I've seen him play for Australia uh, ever. Uh, well, you never you never he never looks he never looks hurried. No. Does he? No. He never sort of looks like he's trying all that hard. But I guess that's just the the way that he plays the game. And when he did have that sort of snapshot from outside the penalty area, yeah. um, that was that was a pretty decent strike. I mean, it flew just wide from memory. I can't really remember. But, um, yeah. you know, that that was, yeah, that, that, that was good to see. 
um, Moy had a had a crack from outside the area as well, and that was that flew just wide as well. So so we're we're you know we've taken a lot of shots from distance that are flying just wide, which <laughs> is what you want from the Socceroos. Uh, helpful. Well, it's just good to see them actually having a few cracks at goal. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't they didn't really do that at all in the first game. I think they were just you know so scared of being caught on the counter or just overawed generally by the French or or so sort of determined to stick to the, you know, defend first, safety first mentality that um, they didn't really want to show any ambition going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And uh, certainly uh, Arzani looked very good when he came on, not overawed by the occasion. Uh, yeah. And demonstrated quite a lot of industry and really should have should have scored that, uh, that uh, from that, from that opportunity he had that was saved by Schmeichel. Uh, at the near post where yeah, he sort yeah. of opened up his body. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was that that was good. That was also good to see because, I mean, anyone else in that team probably would have sort of tried to find someone else in the box, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I mean, like, but he just, he just went for it. And, I mean, that, that little bit of skill on the on the byline to do, um, I think it was, was it Pione Sistar? I can't, I can't really remember. Um, where, you know, he sort of took the ball to the byline and then sort of just, just dabbed it, just tapped it with his right foot and sort of completely fooled the defender. Yeah. Um, that stuff like that. I mean, just the little flicks and the tricks and the, and the, <laughs> and the spins and whatnot. Um, that's, that's what you want to see. Yeah. So yeah, he, he did, he did look, he did look very good. The question is, of course, you know, does, does he start? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and if he does start, who does he replace? Robbie Cruz? He's got to replace Robbie Cruz. I mean, there's no. I mean, Lecky had a good game, and well, Lecky Moy, had an excellent game. Yeah, yeah, he had an excellent game, but very much sort of in the Lecky mold, where there's a lot of willing running. Yeah, willing running. I think willing running is how it would be described in the Guardian. To go back to our operative mode of thinking of what adjective the Guardian would use, uh, he's a very <laughs> willing player, very willing, uh, but then obviously doesn't doesn't really have much end product or I mean you know he has a little bit in the in the Bundesliga but he just doesn't really seem to show it that much for the soccer roots no. um, but yeah no I think I think Cruz Cruz has to go I mean he had a I think you know the the technical term is that he had a mare <laughs> a mare he had, he had a mare <laughs> what what does that mean nightmare Oh, <laughs> a mayor, yeah, like mayor. a horse, a, ho- a, yeah, a, a, a mayor of the town, a, mayor. He had a mayor. 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 He had a mayor. Um, yeah. He had a mayor. Yeah, look, it was, uh, it was, an, it, it was pretty dire. I know people, all the, all these teammates came out after, was like, ah, oh, look, you know, he's got 55 caps for his country and, he can't be too bad if he's got all of that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, so oh, but, he, but he can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah just... but, but, but there's also this thing of, oh, that's not the Robbie Cruz we know. But that actually is exactly how he's played for the Socceroos the whole of his international career. I mean, I know he's always had a lot of potential and, you know, he's quick and stuff and he crosses the ball and whatnot. But... We didn't really see, didn't really see anything. I mean, de- definitely, if it's a choice between, um, you know, a nineteen-year-old kid who's only played sort of twenty-three 
um, you know, professional sort of first class uh, games, top, top, top flight matches, and doesn't really hasn't really sort of got a record of lasting ninety minutes, um, and usually comes on as a sub anyway for the national team, and a guy who didn't really perform that well against the Danes when they were there for the taking. You definitely take the nineteen year old, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you you are banking on uh, potential. Uh, rather than uh, confirmed mediocrity, great. Yeah, and 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 what about the uh, what about the other sort of controversy, uh, of course, which has swirled around the uh, the the decisions that Bert Van Marwijk made during the um, during the game against the Danes, namely the uh, the failure to bring on Tim Cale. Uh, well, I, I think. Certainly, when I was watching the game, everyone was expecting Tim Cahill to come on. And look, I get it. He's old and he's played, he's played what, 120 minutes over the last six months. But, yeah. but there was a certain level of uh, romance in that it was tailor-made. I mean, the game was so perfectly poised for someone like Cahill to come on, mm. stand in the, in the middle of the box and do nothing and then just bang one in. Uh, and yeah. run off to the to the corner post and do his boxing routine. That uh, right. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, do you do you honestly think that Jackson Irvine provided a better option than Tim Cahill? I mean, I know he's industrious and hard running and uh, very physical and so on and so forth. Again, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, pro- probably not. But then, who was gonna who was gonna put the crosses in? I mean, we didn't really have. You know, Leckie's not really that type of player. Cruz was having a mare, as we've established, <laughs> and, you know, he's falling over himself before he could even put a cross in. Um, and, and you know, Rogic, Rogic, Moy, they're not really, they're not really sort of built for that type of service, are they, really? Um, so, I mean, I can, I can kind of, I can kind of understand, and I think the uh, outrage about it has been, uh, you know, totally overblown. I don't think, you know, yes, we, we would all like the romance of seeing, you know, our Timmy, Tim. our our, Timmy. Our Timmy <laughs> run, you know, to the corner flag and, and do the boxing routine, which I've got to say remains probably one of the least annoying goal celebrations that has kind of that iconic status of, of anyone. I mean, you think of all the other sort of, Famous goal celebrations that are sort of indelibly associated with a particular player, yeah. and that's you know like it's a it's a little it's a little bit dickish, but it's actually kind of endearing. Uh, um, I, I think it's not, good. It's definitely not like um, Robbie you know, Fowler. <laughs> well, Robbie, I mean Robbie Fowler, obviously that's the greatest goal celebration of all time. But um, I'm thinking more of players who still play now, like Ronaldo, doing his sort of jump up and then kind of Matador. is that sort of Wakanda forever sort of thing, <laughs> but not really. It's like a white guy doing the Wakanda forever thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, any, anyone else who's, what, what's Harry Kane's celebration? I don't think he has one because he only scores like penalties. That's what, but that's what's good about him. It's, it's very understated. It's almost Alan Shearer like. Well, yeah, Alan Shearer just with the single raised right hand. With the palm. With the palm. <laughs> just the palm up. I mean, that's pretty boring. But, and Harry Kane, Harry Kane is almost 
He's not as boring as Alan Shearer. He's just, he's slightly more interesting. I mean, he did say <laughs> you saw that thing during the week where um, they were in Volgograd, and there was all that talk about you know the history of the Second World War and you know what had happened there and the English who fought there. I'd say I don't think there were any English who fought there, but um, you know, just it was sort of a city that was um, you know redolent with all these historical associations. And he was asked, you know, how he felt about how he felt to be playing in a city that has such, um, you know, deep history. And he said, uh, uh, the history, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he, but he's also got like a kind of, you know, he sort of, you know, talks a bit like, he's just, just got this thing where he doesn't really sort of say the yes, it's not really S backing to return to a theme from episode two. Quite. Or was it episode but he, he's got like, he's kind of like, you know, he should be like a Cray brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's, got that thing, he's got that thing about him. But um, I guess that's called, the thing is called being from East London. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. Harry, Harry Kane. Harry, yeah, exactly. Oh, Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so, so Kale, you know. Yeah, she was only 16. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she was only 16. Geriatric um, <laughs> Michael Neither of us can do, neither of us can do Rob Brighton impersonating Michael But, um, yeah, no, so take, keep Timmy on the bench, you know, maybe bring him on in the 87th minute or something if we really need a goal. But otherwise start with um, Arzani, bench Cruz. You know, keep have Cruz, you know, in your back pocket, yeah. and um, and just go from there. Naboot, keep Naboot up front. <clears throat> yeah, I mean he's he's fit, right? He, he's recovered from whatever ailed him. What his his shoulder? He popped his shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah. He he yeah. did look as though he was in pain. Uh, but yeah, just keep yeah. start with the kids. Just trust yep. in youth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, yeah, but apart from that, I, I'll tell you who I did uh, I think had an excellent game for the most part was uh, Trent Sainsbury. Yeah. He was very, uh, once again, very solid, very accomplished uh, at the back. And yeah. despite the atrocious defending for that for that first goal, which frankly was uh, a collective brain fade, uh, once once they'd conceded and realised that they had to get back into it, the... Um, the defence, by and large, was very good, and I mean, yeah. I couldn't really fault really Bache or uh, Risden, and the um, other and the other one has also been very good is is Mark Milligan. I mean, I know he's a veteran of the squad, but I mean, he's sort of, he's looked he's looked sort of sunburnt and wet uh, for the last yeah. what tw- twelve years. What is this? Is this is his third World Cup, isn't it? He's, uh, he's uh, it is it his third or is it his Fourth. Fourth. I think he was in the in the yeah, squad. I think he was in the squad for two thousand and six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the trademark Milligan wet look yeah. um, has been on full display in Russia. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's, he's he's very dependable. I mean, the 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 concern is that a a, a team like Peru is just going to come out. I mean, this sort of thing that people were talking about the Socceroos before the first match. 
how they didn't we didn't want to see a repeat of what happened against um chile in 2014 yeah. that sort of we saw a bit of that against denmark right i mean it was a bit of a slow start and yeah they sort of just standing around dozing and all sort of seemed surprised that a guy like christian erickson could pull off a finish like he did yeah um you know my concern is that against the peruvians they're sort of going to suffer from the same thing where they just come out and take 10 minutes to sort of acclimatize yeah. and in that period you know the peruvians who don't who don't sort of hold back i mean they go they go for it right yeah full um, throttle they football could, they they could sort of uh Put a, put a couple of goals past us and then that's basically our World Cup over. But um, how, yeah, what, uh, what what do we think about this uh, this Peruvian side? This uh, scenario. Well, so the scenario... Yeah, it's more the scenario, right? Yeah, so that given that Peru is out, they might just, out. They might just flick the switch and really look to uh, bask in the final 90 minutes of their World Cup campaign uh, and... Pull well, out. Got, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was. I was going to say you, you couldn't accuse them of having not flicked the switch for their first two matches. So I don't think. I don't think we're going to see anything different. different. But yeah, they're definitely going to go for it because they've got you know half the country over there supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And so they want to. They want to show something. Yeah, they definitely want to come away. They won't want to finish last in the group, which is what they will right. avoid if they beat Australia. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure it will be uh, full throttle, and we will have to uh, not be overawed by the occasion. And it's, and it's as as the as the as the pundits like to say, it's a it's a mouth watering encounter because Australia has to win. Uh, yeah. And, and and if they don't win, then then both teams are going home. Uh, yeah. Um. How do I think it's going to go? I, I can't. I can't really say. I mean. Do I do we realistically think that Australia can score more than one goal? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, well, we we definitely. I mean, we've definitely got one penalty. That's nailed on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I did see some Guardian article that that the last five goals Australia has scored in uh, from open play have all been Yednak penalties. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, but I mean, I, I definitely think we have, you know, goals from open play in us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is the occasion for them to to come out. Um, my my sort of my concern is kind of yes, the game the games are being played at the same time, but a draw would definitely suit um, both France and Denmark. Yeah, of course they're going to go for the win. I mean, they're saying they're going for the win and all that kind of stuff. If if you know, each of them wins, then each of them um, finishes top of the group, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've been in this situation before. I mean, the Danes, of course, were probably involved in the most um, prominent recent example of, uh, you know, collusion that wasn't collusion in Euro 2004 when they drew two all against the Swedes to knock Italy out of the tournament. Yeah, don't know if you rem- don't know if you remember that one, but just a little bit of a history lesson. Yes, um, you know the the it was obviously games with final group stage matches were being played at the same time, and that's always been the case since the uh, the disgrace of uh, Gijón in 1982 when uh, the West Germans and Austrians colluded so that West Germany would win one nil yes. and knock Algeria out of the group stage. Right, so we've we've always had group 
the final group stage matches being played at the same time. 2004 was a situation where um, Sweden and Denmark uh, only needed to draw two all to eliminate Italy. And before the match, there was a lot of talk about the possibility of collusion. Um, you know, the, the Danish, both the Danish and Swedish coaches sort of were on the defensive and saying things like, that's ridiculous, don't speak about that, we're honest people, we are going honestly for a result. Um, the Swedish coach, co-coach at the time, Lars Lagerback, said, Machiavelli might have been Italian and Italians might like to think in a Machiavelli <coughs> way, but it would not be possible to play for a two-all draw against Denmark and I don't think it will end two-all. That is a very unusual result. And of course, it ended to all. But what what emerged <laughs> um, in, in the in the subsequent years is that um, during the warm up, one of the uh, one of the Swedish players asked the Danish player, "Should we go for two all?" To which the Danish defender smiled and said, "Yes, why not?" <laughs> Edmund then said, "Okay, you concede first. <laughs> and you know, and so there was there was obviously collusion on the pitch, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen necessarily between the the French and the Danes. The French are probably going to rest people. Um, the Danes are without um, probably their most enterprising uh, forward uh, in the tournament so far, um, Yusuf Polson, yeah, who's suspended because of the uh, the handball that that gave us the goal um, against them. But, uh, you know, so, so they're both going to be kind of reduced in some way, both, both the French and Danish sides. So there, there is that possibility that sort of hovers over the top. I mean, if they draw, then they both go through and they, they put us out. Yes, but, but similarly, I mean, I don't think anyone would want to finish second in that group because they're likely to come up against, you know, a red-hot Croatian side, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were the, if I were the Danes, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that. You'd think you'd think well, even though uh, yes, even though a draw a draw will do it, um, you might as well go for the win, or at least in the first forty five minutes, try and try and jag a goal, and then and then see what happens. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose colluding to put out the Italians, I can sort of understand but maybe i'm being naive when i think that you know no one would sort of want to do that to little old australia yeah no i think i think it's probably you are being naive well right yeah. uh well thank you anyway for, for thank you for confirming that uh and thank you for the history lesson i'd actually forgotten that thing about 2004 and uh and putting the italians out yeah yeah i mean i mean i don't know like there, there are no Good choices. Assume, uh, I mean, we don't know the way Group D is going to go, of course. I mean, the, the Croats have looked um, incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even Nigeria the other day, I know they were only, quote-unquote, playing Iceland, but um, they by the by the time they sort of actually got their act together in the second half, they looked fantastic. Yeah. The Argentines looked like absolute rubbish, but, I mean, just because it's Argentina, you sort of expect them to... Somehow, um, you yeah. write write them off at your peril. Write them off at your peril, and I mean, if they so they finish second in the group, then you know the winner faces Argentina. That's not that's not a scenario that anyone particularly wants to have to confront, is it? No, no. no anyway, look, I mean, it's all it's all speculative. I'm just saying, 
you know, even though the matches are being played at the same time, there is always that there is always that possibility. Australia needs to score um, at the very least, um, knowing what we know now, which is you know just where the standings are right now. We don't know how things are going to play out over the course of the ninety minutes uh, simultaneously on the two pitches, but. Um, yeah, they definitely need to score. They need to score goals, and they need to win um, by at least one goal. Uh, they need to win, obviously, by at least one goal. Obviously, um, score a, a, a significant number of goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did see an article that sort of dealt with the permutations and combinations, so that if we can only win by one goal to nil, if what if France beats. Uh, beats. Denmark, Denmark one by nil. one nil. Yeah, anything but, other than that, uh, you can uh, say your prayers. Well, well if, if France beats Denmark one nil or more. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um. um but, but yeah, there you go. That's uh. So okay. Uh, having said all of that, well, then what is your prediction for uh, these simultaneous uh, matches? Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of stay optimistic. I think we're gonna beat the Peruvians two uh, one, and I think the French are gonna beat the Danes two nil, avenging their two nil loss from the group stage final match of the group stage in two thousand and two, which put them out as holders. Uh, if you'll recall, yes, yes, I do recall. So there is so there is a, a degree of history. Uh, and presumably a latent desire, uh, a latent desire for some uh, vengeance, uh, yeah. revenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the French, yeah. uh, the French didn't look that good when they when they played against uh, against the Peruvians. I must. Say. I mean, I didn't watch the entire game. I only saw extended highlights. Um, yeah, but they did once again. They just looked a bit, a bit one note. So they just didn't quite know what the hell they were doing. Uh, I know Deschamps is persisting with, uh, well, uh, started Giroud. Um, yeah. Well, that and that was better. It was better, but they still just look a bit unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, they certainly don't look anything like uh, Croatia, which, uh, or even England, who I must admit have, have certainly looked pretty good. And they looked very good when they were... Uh, Banging the ball into the back of the net against uh, Tunisia last night. Yeah. 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 There you yeah. go. Um, so, what, so, how, so, what are your predictions? Oh, well. Oh. Uh, my prediction is that Australia will hang on for a nervy 1 0 win, uh, but I think it will end up being a 1 1 draw uh, between France and Denmark. Mm. You Interesting. Know? Yes, yes. But at least we will get a uh, a win, which we haven't had in a World Cup. What since two thousand and six? that's right. Did we? Hang on. Did we win? No, we beat the Serbs in two thousand and ten, didn't we? Oh, we did beat the Serbs. That was, we beat them two 0 didn't we? But it, but it was but it was all too late. I mean, it was similar similar situation to this. Yeah, yeah that where was... we we beat, we needed to win and get a favour from the other match. Uh, yeah, um, that was the Brett Holman goal, wasn't it? Yeah, long range screamer. Yeah. Is how you describe it. Yeah, that's right. It was two one to uh, Australia. 
Yeah. yeah Which just... is, you'll note the uh, scoreline that I'm predicting here. So lots of resonances and parallels and, you know, just uh, associations and illusions. And uh, it's uh, all uh, a very uh, interesting. Uh, yes, yes. With, uh... upturn, in, upturn in panache was probably my favourite phrase from the Guardian match reports over the past week. <laughs> uh, what was England, that? England England have seen an upturn in panache. Well, and uh, one of the others that I liked was a side described as having adrenal vim. Well, we talked about <laughs> we talked about adrenal vim uh, last, oh, adrenal. last, last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll edit that out. Um, uh, speaking of adrenal vim, uh, Tony Cruz. And his uh, last-minute winner. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> uh, Germany still still looking pretty rubbish. Cruz uh, did. Uh, I mean, everyone's banging on about how it's the goal of the tournament. Blah blah blah. I mean, it's good. It's not like it's it's yeah. It's it's a good guy. It's more sort of situational though, isn't it? <sighs> Oh, yeah, but I mean, so was Ronaldo's, although the stakes weren't quite as high, obviously, for um, for Portugal. Spain, that, Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, but it was, it was the Germans were, were pretty rubbish. I mean, yeah. Boateng especially, and it's probably probably a good thing that he's, um, um, you know, not, not going to play the next match. But, um, yeah, I mean, they were just rubbish at the back, didn't really have much of an idea going forward, and it was just that individual moment of, you know, brilliance or, or brillance, if you prefer, that, um, that uh, you know, that, that, got them, that got them that victory. I mean, and the, the, I mean what were the Swedes doing? That, the defender who gave away that free kick has been subjected to abuse, apparently, racial abuse. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, his parents are... He's from a Syrian or Assyrian family. Um, Assyrian, Assyrian. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it was it was a great it was a great moment of individual skill. But um, there have been many of them. I got to say, I think it's I think it's a great World Cup so far. I mean, there's been a lot of you know, you know, there's been a lot of really good goals. But the the matches themselves have been filled with, you know, tension and plot twists and all those things. And the groups have been sort of pretty unpredictable. I mean, a, a lot of people thought that group, well, maybe not a lot of people thought, but I, I think it would have been fair to assume that group H would have been quite a boring group, you know, yeah. Japan, Central, Colombia, Poland. It's, you know, one of the best, best, best groups of all. And the, um, you know, and and the Croats, the the Croat, you know, Group D, Croatia, Nigeria, Iceland, Argentina. That's a great group as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just sort of the failure of the the, the misfiring big guns has, has brought a bit of an interesting element to things. And then the sort of the um, the upturn in panache, if you will, of countries that have traditionally promised a lot and delivered very little, like England, Belgium, and Mexico. I mean, that that that's been a, a great subplot as well. No, it ha- it it has, and I think it uh, also speaks to the fact that uh, expanding the World Cup uh, to was it forty eight teams in in twenty twenty six just seems a really stupid idea. I don't think because uh, then you lose all of this all of this good stuff which you which you talk about. I 
I've been surprised by just how engaging and tense uh, every group match has been that that I have watched because normally right. it is something kind of dour like Saudi Arabia v uh, Japan or whatever it happens to be right it's just like it's all a bit kind of uh, not that not that good um, but yeah. but I I agree with you that you know say say group H has uh, has thrown up some some surprises and it's good when the uh, when the big gun nations uh, fail to fire and you get mm. teams that always threaten to do very well. I mean, like, like say, Colombia or Croatia um, uh, or even Mexico. I mean, what Mexico has made, what, the uh, I think the last 16 every World Cup since... Uh, 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 ninety eight, and uh, not ninety eight. I think since since two thousand and two. I mean, they right. have a, they have a very good record of getting out of the group and then just kind of losing the plot. Um, right. And I'm sure that that kind of thing will happen again this time, um, or the same thing will happen to Colombia. So, uh, mm. but but where you've got more of those types of nations get, getting through, then. Then you know you you reasonably expect to to see another say Croatia ninety eight. I mean there there's always a team like that. Or Tur- was it Turkey two thousand and two? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Semi finalists. Yeah. Yeah. So you know which yeah. which of those nations is it is it going to be? And it's good you know to obviously not see bloody Argentina and Germany just kind of duking it out. Although speaking as a big gun nation. Yeah. 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 I mean the. My favourite moment from the Big Gun Nations uh, over match day two was uh, Tite after uh, Philippe Coutinho's goal uh, against yeah. Costa Rica. You know, did you see what happened to him? Yeah, Chichi. Yeah, <laughs> Chinchi. Chinchi came in and put the toilet in and then uh, danced down the sideline and fell over. That was... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah was, no, that was, it was a that good was... moment. That was a beautiful moment. I'm um, best dance so far, probably Senegal. Best team dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been doing that team dance quite a lot. It's very easy because all you do <laughs> is just move from side to side. You don't, you know, there's not a lot of rhythm or coordination involved. Sort of in a so stiff stuff. yet coordinated way. Yep, just get stiff. Um, um, but the yeah no the, the 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 group stage thing is interesting. I mean the going up to forty eight teams. I think the plan right now is to have groups of three, um, which would be another bad thing about a an expanded World Cup. Um, anyway, we can maybe discuss that another time. Yeah, I didn't know that yeah. they'd been talking about groups of three. Um, I did want yeah. to talk about uh, Brazil just because yeah. uh, Philip Coutinho yeah. is. No, again, I, I I didn't actually watch a lot of um, a lot of La Liga, uh, and, I'm, <laughs> and 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 I'd only seen sort of highlights of of, of his time at Liverpool. Uh, yeah, but he is very good. In fact, he's bloody amazing. Uh, of yeah, all no. of all of the Brazilian players, uh, yeah. he's he's the one who really stands out as the as the real maestro. Would you describe that as your as your you know, take-home message from this episode of the podcast. Philip uh, Coutinho, actually pretty good. Coutinho, yeah, pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, certainly. No, he's, he's great. Yeah. Uh, why don't they get him at Arsenal? I suppose they didn't want to pay 
50,000 million euros or whatever. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But uh, there you go. So uh, what are your other predictions then? Do you think Germany will make it through the group? Uh, will Argentina just crumble, crumple in a heap? Um, I think I think the I think both the Germans and the um, Argentinians will make it out of the group. Um, and um, you know, it, uh, I mean, the the Senegal Colombia Poland group is is very interesting. I think that um, you know, I, I can actually see Japan making it through. Um, you know, Colombia is going to be playing. Uh, Poland, correct? No, hang on. Colombia just played Poland. Colombia will be playing uh, Senegal and Japan will be playing Poland. Uh, I I can see the Japanese going through. Um, The Brazilians will get through. Uh, I got to say, my favorite match of the tournament so far was, was, you know, I did enjoy Japan Senegal uh, a lot yesterday. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed. Switzerland, Serbia, I just thought it was a fantastic match. I mean, the Swiss, you know, kind of, yeah, pretty, you know, play to type. I mean, there's there's no way to get around the cliches about the Swiss when you're looking at their football team. But they do have this core of the Albanian heritage players. um, And that that added a nice little bit of political... uh, Hothead Southern European political spice to the encounter against Serbia. Yeah, with uh, Granit Xhaka and Shudan Shakiri wheeling away from their goals and doing sort of Kosovo eagle style goal celebrations. Yeah, it's up there um, with uh, like the three pointed, the three fingers on the chest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just... And I think I'm not sure the Serbians do that anymore, but because uh, it's kind of like doing a Hitler salute. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but the uh, that that was pretty good, and the um and, and just the the fact that the Swiss coach was himself uh, or is he's still alive as far as I'm aware, um you know is a is a Bosnian Croat who, uh you know was was playing in the in the Bosnian league as the former Yugoslavia was falling apart. I mean there was just a lot of history going on in that match, and I thought I thought that was that was. Um, interesting. I don't I wouldn't say that it was fun, but uh, it was interesting to watch. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. His, the history. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> Harry Kane. And, yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like what? What else? What else are you looking forward? To? Uh, I'll be curious to see uh, what happens between England and Belgium. So to see who gets uh, top spot in that group. Um. I think the uh, the English will fancy their chances, but I mean, once again, you expect Belgium to go a long way. Uh, they probably won't. They'll blow it. Eden Hazard will have a flare up with uh, Lukaku, and it'll all fall in a heap for them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they've kept them together pretty well so far, and they've scored. They've scored great goals. I mean, I have to say, I think they've looked. Um, they've both played. The same two teams now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think the Belgians have looked the, the Belgians have, have looked better. I mean, they've had more creativity. I mean, the, the English have won a lot of penalties and done a lot of good set pieces. Yeah. But in open play, I think the the, the Belgians have, have looked superior. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, 
just interesting to see what's going to happen there. Hey, Tim yeah. D. Um, yeah. Just once yeah. again, mm-hmm. uh, the social media uh, traffic very much uh, focusing on uh, it's coming home and Lagerlouts <laughs> uh, jumping around. Whenever, whenever Harry Kane scores another scores another penalty, yeah, it's almost uh, rugby union esque in its uh, regularity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's all uh, nicely it's all good. Po- poised. It's all nicely poised for, for this. I think probably the most boring game of those still to come are the matches which are on tonight or today. Uh, the uh, Saudi uh, Egypt and uh, Uruguay Russia because they don't really. I think that's the only group that is kind of done and dusted, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Every everyone yeah. else still is still in with a shout. Um, pretty, yeah. I'm pretty excited for the uh, for the Gibraltar derby. Iran, Portugal, Spain, Morocco. Uh, oh yeah, Spain, Morocco. Well. So what is that? Oh, because if Iran, in the unlikely event that Iran beats Portugal. Yep. Uh, and Spain, oh, Spain, Spain won't 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 go out. They they will make it through the group. Uh, yeah, that's that's right, that's right. But uh, um, what are the what are the scenarios under which they could, if they lose to Morocco, Morocco, and they lose to Morocco. And the Portuguese and the Iranians draw like a high-scoring draw. Then um, the Spanish are out. So yeah, it's pretty slim. I think the, the Spanish are going to go through. I think yeah, the Spanish and the Portuguese will go through, mm-hmm. even though of course, um, you know, or maybe especially because uh, Iran is coached by a Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah, Carlos Garrosh. 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 Uh, it was also uh, very good interview with um, one of our colleagues, uh, Scott McIntyre, on his oh, yeah. on his alternative uh, podcast. Uh, are you giving are you giving a plug for a rival podcast? I haven't. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't actually know what that podcast is called, so it's not really okay. a plug. Yeah, it's a failed plug. Yeah, it is a failed Theoretic plug. plug. It's a Google search. I mean, it's a Google search away from a plug, though. Yes. Well, you get you could get there pretty easily. All right. Well, just Google Scott McIntyre and then see what comes up. Google. Yeah. Just Google yep. it. Um, all right. Well, this has been interesting. I, I think mm. um, I think it'll be uh, I'll be very disappointed if Australia doesn't get through the group. I mean, once again. In fact, it's even, it'd be even more disappointing than 2010 because it's, as I, as we, as I said in uh, episode one of this podcast, the France result was a bit of a missed opportunity um, in that a, a draw would have been fair. Uh, we should have beaten Den- Denmark. And there hasn't really been a whole lot in either of those two games, unlike, say, a shellacking by Germany or a shellacking by Chile. Uh, yeah. So this was this was our best chance to get out of the group since uh, since two thousand and six, and I don't think anyone really expected us to get out of the group in two thousand and six. Anyway, uh, that was yeah. just a nice a nice bonus. So you're sa- you're sounding like you're already conducting the retrospective, the uh, the post mortem. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, 
That's just, it's just kind of annoying because you've got to wait another four years for the bloody tournament to come around, and it's going yep. to be uh, it's going to be in Qatar. Anyway, we will see. Uh, we'll see where we get to uh, on Tuesday night. Yep, it's going to be a late one. It's going to be a late one. Any uh, final words for tonight, Timsy? Um, unleash the Naboot. Yes, correct. Or uh, what's a nice tagline for Arzani? Uh. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. On that note, see you then. Bye.